0: you <laughs> Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, June sixth, 2022. I am Dave Biddle, Flying Solo on today's show. All right, we're going to have some fun on today's show. It's going to kind of have a get-off-my-lawn vibe, but I want to have some fun. Uh, I do feel passionate about this subject, though. Not a fan of Ohio State wearing alternate uniforms. First of all, let me retweet the show here real quick for the live audience. Um, I'm going to get into why. Um, When you're elite, you don't need to do stuff like that. When you have, in my opinion, the best uniform helmet combination in college football, you don't need to do that kind of type of stuff. Notice Alabama never does it. It's my next little uh, point to bring up. You never see Alabama do that. They're also a Nike program. We'll get into the Nike angle here in a moment. But the biggest thing here is Ohio State is elite. They're a blue blood. If you're a second-tier program, I get doing stuff like that. You know, and I also get that some of the players enjoy it. So, you know, another point I want to make, like, if you want to do it, you know, once a year for a lesser game, fine. OK, even get off my lawn uh, guy here is is OK with that. I don't want to see it against Michigan. OK, we had a situation in the 2016 Michigan game where there were Ohio State and Michigan playing in the horseshoe. One of the teams had a helmet with stickers on it. What's Ohio state known for mostly their helmets, right? When you look at their uniforms, the helmet stickers, well, that day Ohio state had helmets with no stickers on them and Michigan had helmets with stickers on them. Well, thankfully had a good ending shout out to Curtis Samuel. Um, but those were terrible uniforms. Any of you like the uniforms themselves, there have been some alternate uniforms. I'm like, okay, you know, if that was you're starting a new program and that's your uniform, it could be kind of a sweet uniform. Not when you're Ohio state again, I can't stress it enough. I mean, Alabama doesn't do it. You think it hurts their recruiting? No. And the next time a recruit picks a school based on alt unis will be the first. It's never happened and it never will. Um, so forget about this. It helps with recruiting stuff. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Find me a recruit that's picked a school based on alternate uniforms. It's ridiculous. So I just find it funny, you know, and I, I've put some stuff out there on Twitter. I feel like, um, you know, just kind of wrapping with you guys last night, I feel, and even a little bit this morning, I feel like the majority is with me, but there are some people who are, you know, saying, no, come on, man. You got to get with the times here. Again, I'm okay with it, you know, like once a year, not against Michigan, not against Penn State, the two elite, uh, the two marquee, um, you know, regular season games the Buckeyes get every year. Wouldn't want to see it against Notre Dame, and I don't think we will. We'll also talk about the Notre Dame game later. We're going to talk more about alternate uniforms on this show. I'm just starting the show talking about um, me venting about this uh, pet peeve that I have about Ohio State wearing alternate uniforms for big games um, when they have, again, in my opinion, the best uniform helmet combination in college football. So, you know, if they want to do it once a year, that's fine. You know, if they – when Arkansas State comes comes here, cool. You know, or even a lesser Big Ten team, whatever. Um, like – I just, you know, again, be elite. You're Ohio State. You don't need to act like you're elite. You are elite. Be elite. Okay, so we've had some questions. We had, a you know, Chip Munn asked, well, there's got to be a good reason. Like, Gene Smith's a smart guy. And by the way, I like Gene Smith. I don't like that he does this because he's the one that lets it happen. Overall, I like Gene Smith a lot. I want to be clear about that. That doesn't mean I have to like everything he does. Uh, I'm sure Gene Smith loves the Bucknuts Morning 5. That doesn't mean he probably likes everything we talk about, like this subject. I'm sure Gene never watched, watches the show, actually. But if he does, hi, Gene. You're not going to like this part of the show. Okay, follow the money. It's obviously a money maker for Nike. You know, Ohio State and Nike have a great relationship. Bama has a relationship with Nike. Saban tells them to buzz off. Now, do I know that for a fact? No, but I'm sure Nike has gone to Alabama and said, hey, can you, you guys wear alternate uniforms? And Saban probably gave them the death look and said, hell no. Um, so, you know, I think – I remember, I mean, Jim Tressel was very careful with his words, but the first time it happened was in 2009, going up to Ann Arbor. And I mean, you could tell Trestle was not going to throw his, his 80 under the bus, but you could tell he was not happy about it at all, that there were alternate uniforms um, for the 2009 Michigan game. They Speaking of Alabama, Ohio State kind of looked like Alabama that day. Numbers on the helmet. I know back in the day Ohio State did that, but still, you know, since, what, 1968 – you know, uh, that national championship team, you know, the the uniforms have stayed pretty much the state and that I'm fine with some alterations. I like gray on the unit on the shoulders. I know a lot of you guys like that stuff. I'm not talking about they can't do some like alterations, just completely scrapping the uniform and not even looking like Ohio state. I'm just not a fan of that at all. I, I don't like it, especially in big games, but I do remember Jim Trestle not being a fan of having to do that in 2009. Then they did it again in 20, uh, 2010, his last two games they were alternate uniforms and he was not a fan of that um again I could just tell he didn't just by you could just tell at the press conferences he was not a fan of that he never said that himself so I'm kind of putting words in Jim Trestle's mouth but I bet my life on it um so why does he let it happen so you know Nike wants it to happen so Gene lets it happen um and I'm sure Ohio State gets some you know Nike gets extra money out of it and I'm sure Ohio State gets extra money out of it too or they wouldn't do it you know But I think there are certain things you just can't sell out. Like, obviously, you know, you could, if you wanted to make money at Ohio State, what could you do? You could sell the naming rights of Ohio Stadium. You know, you could call it Nationwide Stadium and make a bunch of money from Nationwide, right? Would we want that? No. (laughs) No. Um, Reminds me of a good April Fool's joke that I fell for years ago from the other paper. I've told this story, I think, before on the show one time. Um, The other paper, which used to do great work here in Columbus, there's They've been uh, out of business for a while now. It was a free newspaper, came out once a week. It was just really good stuff. And um, 1999, when they were renovating the horseshoe, and this was right around the time when, like, stadiums, you know, were all going, you know, the, the, the way of, you know, sponsorships. It's rare to see a Paul Brown Stadium anymore. You know, you see it more in college football with Ohio Stadium. But anyway, so the joke was front page of the other paper in 1999 this is when the horseshoe's getting renovated. April 1st, 1999, other paper says Ohio Stadium being renamed Wendy's Field. And then A-Deck, B-Deck, and C-Deck are going to be named single, double, and triple. And I was so pissed. My girlfriend at the time, now my wife handed me the paper, and I looked at it. I was so pissed off. I just crumbled it up and threw it. She goes, remember what day it is? And it hit me right there, April Fool's Day. So that was a good April Fool's joke. But I'm serious. So, yeah, Ohio State makes some extra money off of the alt uniforms, I'm sure. But how much do they really make off of that? Does it make a big difference? And there's a lot of ways you could sell out if you wanted to make money. I don't think wearing alt uniforms for the Michigan game is a good way to, like, make extra money. Again, if you want to do it once a year to play Kate Nike, make a little extra money for the program, do it, you know, against a lesser Big Ten team. Don't do it in, in the two marquee games of the year or the three marquee games. One of the three marquee games a year. Just don't do it then don't do it then. And again, I like the gray on the shoulders. I always have, I don't know why they don't do that permanently. I'm not talking about that. So that's why they allow it happen. Um, you know, follow the money. So we'll see what happens. Um, at least the last couple of Michigan games, of course, we didn't have one two years ago. Um, last couple of Michigan games, I haven't done that nonsense, but, um, hopefully going forward, if they do the alt uniforms, they will not do it in big games. All right, let's get to some actual football. Does that sound good to you guys? All right, cool. Um, had some questions about the Buckeyes linebackers. What to expect from the Buckeyes linebackers? It's interesting. They've got tremendous depth there, but they don't have much star power, in my opinion. Um, now, I think Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers are going to be the starters, and they could develop into that. I don't think they're going to be superstars, but it's an interesting group. You know, as I look at my notes here, you know, I got Tommy and Steel penciled in as the starters. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Um, and then when they go three backers out there, when they go with uh, that Sam linebacker, because Jim Knowles knows when they play, you know it's not the Big Twelve anymore. You're you're not in Kansas any longer. You know you're you're not you're not in Stillwater any longer. Um, you're not you're not playing Kansas any longer. Um, you're in the big you're in the Big Ten now. You're going to be playing some power running teams. So um, you know, and you're going to play Wisconsin. You know you're going to play teams like Michigan. So they're going to have to use some Sam linebacker, and that'll be Reed Carrico. He'll be the number one there. Um, and I think Reed will play some of that, you know, some Mike. Um, he, he, can, he can play those other two linebacker spots as well. That Knowles defense, the Knowles the base, of course, is a 4 2 5, um, but they'll mix in some traditional 4 3 again against power running teams. So, um, Tommy, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, Reed Carrico, and then I think Cody Simon's a guy people forget about a little bit. He was banged up last year, tough through multiple injuries. I think he's gonna at least be in the mix. You look at uh, Chip him the transfer from uh, Arizona State, you know, can can he get in there and help out? Taraja Mitchell is a fifth-year senior, a guy we've all kind of been waiting for ever since even his true freshman year. Could he come right in and make an impact as a true freshman? And then he's just kind of, he's always gotten on the field, but hasn't really, you know, done much. And then, um, especially last year was his most playing time, and I don't, I don't think he played that well. Can Knowles get the most out of Taraja Mitchell? Because Knowles also works with the linebackers, so... You also have C.J. Hicks. You have E.A. Natiote. I'm telling you, that's eight guys I mentioned right there. You know, you also have Gabe Powers. That's a ninth scholarship linebacker. So they've got depth. I don't know about the star power, though. You know, I need to see it first. I think they can be good enough. You know, and I think this D line is going to be really good, especially the D ends. And I'm probably more bullish on the defensive tackles than most. I think as a group, they're going to be good because Tyleek Williams and Mike Hall, especially Tyreek Williams. Um, I think are going to take you know, big jumps. Tylee Williams flashed as a true freshman last year. I think he's going to be big time as a sophomore this year. And Mike Hall is a redshirt freshman. He really came on in the spring. Uh, Jim Knowles talked him up a lot. Smaller, quicker D-tackle. So you mix those two young guys with the veterans. And I think now it's time for Ter- Teron Vincent to come around. You know, We saw it in the Rose Bowl, but um, can he put a whole year together? Former number one defensive tackle recruit in the country in the 2018 class. Fifth year senior. Now or never for Teron Vincent. Jerron Cage, sixth-year senior. Um, the touchdown rumbler last year. Um, he can be kind of a plugger in there, be a guy that can come in there and back up Tyleek Williams. Um, and Larry Johnson likes to rotate those guys. And then Ty Hamilton uh, is another guy. So you got those are your top five D tackles, and then maybe Hero Canoe can round it out there as a true freshman or Jaden McKenzie. So I like the D tackles maybe more than most, but I think because the defensive line is going to be good, very good perhaps – That'll help the linebackers, of course. And maybe the linebackers will be better than solid. I think the baseline is solid. I think they'll be solid this year. They weren't solid last year. Um, I think they'll be solid, and maybe they'll get to good. I don't think we're going to by any means say this is going to be a great linebacking core this year for the Buckeyes. But I do think they could be good. And, again, I don't think they'll be any any worse than solid. I think Tommy Eichenberg, I mean, they couldn't talk him up enough in spring. Another guy where the lights seemed to go on for him in the Rose Bowl. Defensive MVP. 17 tackles um and they really like tommy um and steel chambers now at that full year of being a linebacker under his belt now he's playing for it you know it's played it uh, i know he played it in high school but now he's played it on this level knows what it's what knows what it takes has bulked up a little bit more steel chambers i guess if you're looking at a guy that maybe has a high ceiling see i think tommy is going to be good steel could be one of those guys that maybe does have some star power we'll see he's got that you know with that speed he's got for being his running, his running back days. And he seems just to have a, a, a knack for finding the ball. And, you know, the great linebackers just have instincts. They just do. The great linebackers all have a knack for finding the ball and um, steel chambers has that. All right. Um, the next question was um, that we're going to get to, I'll we'll get to a couple more here. You know, these are all questions that I got um, on Twitter and then on our, from our subscribers on Bucknuts. nuts just kind of a, picked out uh, five questions in addition to the, uh, my vent on alternate uniforms. If you're just tuning into the show, you can rewind or go back to the beginning and watch uh, my vent on uh, why I don't like alternate uniforms at Ohio State. Because Ohio State's elite and they need to act like it. That's why. Um, and they got the best uniform, helmet combination in college football. Why mess with it? Bama never messes with their uniforms and their uniforms aren't as good as Ohio State's. So anyway, all right. Captains. All right. Usually we're talking seniors and you know juniors, right? Well, I think this, is, this year we might have... <laughs> Well, one will be, one is a junior. They're both third-year guys. I think on offense, it's clear to me it has to be C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I know C.J.'s only a third-year sophomore, but who cares? This is his last year. He's a second-year starting quarterback. If you're a second-year starting quarterback and you're not a captain of your football team, something's wrong there. I'll never forget that 2007 Michigan team, they did not vote Chad Henney a captain. <laughs> I was like, that's interesting. And they tried to talk around it. Oh, we got all these other great leaders. Chad Henney was a four-year starter at quarterback and was not voted captain by his teammates. I don't think I've ever seen that in my life. CJ Stroud, you know, Mickey Muratti, we talked about it on the show last week and Mickey Muratti is just, just drilling it into him. You know, and you need to be seen felt and heard as a leader. Those are the three qualities every great leader has. You're seen, you're felt, you're heard. And he thinks CJ's a good leader, but he's trying to make him a great leader. And and CJ's a, you know, he is a good leader. He's a great guy, and you know, guys gravitate toward him. You can just see his teammates love him. When he talks, people listen. When people, when he talks, people listen. Maybe he needs to talk even more, um, but when he talks, people listen, and they're trying to make him a great leader. So I'm, I'm betting the house on the offensive captains, CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. No doubt about it. Defense gets a little trickier, Now I think Zach Harrison's going to be one. Say what you want about Zach. First of all, I think he's going to have a good year this year. Okay, we've seen it time and time again. We're Fans and media write-off guys that were highly rated prospects, maybe disappointed, and then a light comes on from them as a senior. Curtis Grant comes to to mind. It's that same year, that same defense, Steve Miller comes to mind. Uh, And I think Zach Harrison as a senior is going to be better than Steve Miller was as a senior. Steve Miller had a good senior year, just asked Alabama, that pick six that he had. I think Zach Harrison is going to be better than that. And he's a leader. Keep in mind, as a junior last year, Zach Harrison was a captain. Zach Harrison was one of the guys that, uh, one of the three guys that represented Ohio State at Big Ten media days. So I think you've got three captains there for sure. you got the two offensive guys, Stroud, JSN, and I think Zach Harrison, I think those guys are locks. Then it gets interesting. If they only go with four captains, which I think they should, I like it's just the four captains. When they, the Urban Meyer model of having like 15 captains I mean, it was kind of cool. You had like Kenny Guyton was a captain, you know, your backup quarterback's a captain and the starting quarterback, Brax. I mean, in a way it was cool because a bunch of guys got to be captain, but like, I don't know. Again, I'm I'm being old man, get off my lawn. I kind of like the tradition of four captains on a football team. Um, Then it gets interesting. So Tommy Eichenberg would be in the mix. I think Cam Brown would be in the mix. I'm not sure how, Cam Brown I know is a really good player. I think Kind of overlook him a little bit, talking about Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock on the rise. I think as a fifth-year senior, Cam Brown's going to be a really good corner. got excellent speed, now two years removed from that Achilles injury. Um, He's going to be in the mix. They talk up Ronnie Hickmanals a lot. He'll be a fourth-year junior. Again, Cam Brown's a fifth-year senior. I guess if I had to bet I would go Cam Brown, considering he's a fifth-year senior, flirted with the NFL, decided to come back. Um, Again, though, it just depends. Who's the best leader out of that group? Who who, are the – who's the – who gets the most out of their teammates? Is it Tommy? Is it is Tommy the guy the guys listen to the most? You know, is it Cam Brown or is it Rocket Hickman? You know, those are I think those are the last three candidates if they only go with four captains. All right, a couple more to get to. We'll we'll start with a fun one, then we'll end with a serious one. We ha- we have a debate on Bucknuts right now. Matt Baxendell, who is usually my guest on Wednesday show when he's not doing his uh, not uh, knee deep in his engineering gig. Sometimes I think he just says that just to get out of doing the show, right? No, he actually does have a pretty you know, pretty good – he's not just an engineer. He's, he's a good engineer. Okay, so he's got, he's got a lot on his plate. Um, no, I think he does lie to me sometimes just to get out of the show. Uh, I'm kidding, Bax. No, I'm not. What do I – so Bax did a column yesterday, his column every Sunday. It's great stuff, The Bucket, and talked a lot – made a lot of references. It wasn't about English soccer, English football – It wasn't about English soccer, but he made a ton of like analogies toward English soccer where everybody was like, wait, you can tell that you're like a facts. We didn't know you're such a soccer fan. You you either did like crazy research for this or you are a big English soccer fan and nobody knew that. So then it turned into this huge debate. It's ongoing right now on our our message board um, of soccer aficionados versus soccer haters, (laughs) you know, and I'm. I will not even say I'm in the middle because I, I, I'm a soccer I like soccer, so I, but I'm closer, I guess, to an aficionado than a hater, so I'm not, like, right in the middle. The um, big people were debating, you know, is that what you do in the summertime to kind of kill time till football starts? What sports are you, are you into uh, to watch? Um, yeah, I mean, I like the Columbus crew. Um, I'm usually not glued to the game, but I'll have it on, you know. I, two years ago when they won the MLS Cup, I was all into that. I thought that was awesome. I'm disappointed they're not doing that good this year. But, yes, as someone was asking me, even with the Reds being terrible, are you still like following the Reds? Yeah, I am. I just I can't quit my Reds. I keep thinking I'm not going to care. I don't really care when they lose Um, and I don't hang on every pitch. It's kind of like when I have the crew game on. I'll just have it on in the background. I can't even when the Reds are good, which is rare. I can't sit. I'm a big Reds fan. I can't just sit down and watch nine innings of baseball. No way. Can't do it. Have to have music on or be on my computer on the internet, or all three. (laughs) Have a game on mute. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I I still watch the Reds. I watch the crew. Um, Looking forward to the World Cup. I like this U.S. men's national team. Uh, This is our best team ever. I got into NASCAR a little bit. I was watching some NASCAR yesterday. I was watching some Memorial Golf yesterday. I'm just a sports junkie. I love sports. NASCAR was one that was never on my radar. Then the pandemic two years ago hit. There was like no sports at all. NASCAR was like the first to come back, and I'm like, I need to pick a favorite driver and just, I guess, be a NASCAR fan now, and I took, you know, put a little poll up on on uh, Twitter, like, who should I, give me a suggestion of a favorite driver and why, Ryan Blaney won, and it ended up being great, because he's been really good since then, Ryan Blaney won because born and raised in Ohio, and his grandfather, or his father was on the NASCAR uh, tour, or NASCAR circuit as well, and had the nickname of the Buckeye bullet. It'll be Dave Blaney. So Ryan Blaney, the son of the Buckeye bullet, Ryan Blaney, a Buckeye fan himself. Even though they say hometown, when they show the NASCAR it says hometown, High Point, North Carolina, that's not his hometown. That's where he lives now. Not your hometown. Like my hometown is, I've lived in Columbus for 20 years, over 20 years now. My hometown is Beaver Creek, Ohio. It's where you're born and raised, go to high school. That's where, that's, that's your hometown. Like, Anyway. Uh, another tangent there. So I, you know, I've watched a lot of different sports, but man, I can't wait for football. Um, but yeah, I, I still, there's a lot of sports I watch, um, in the summertime for sure. All right. Last one here. So we had somebody ask, could Ohio state with all of this hype they're getting from people like me and people that are, that are saying national title or bust my guy, Jay book, he, he's kind of talked me into that almost, although I still. I'm not still at national championship or bust. Alabama is still like really, really good. I think there's a two team, not necessarily a two team race, but I think there's a clear top two, you know, but things, a lot of things have to go your way. I'm absolutely a make the, win the big 10 championship, you know, beat Michigan, beat them bad, win the big 10 championship, get to the playoffs or bust for sure. And then see what happens from there. But um, there's a question, you know, could Ohio state be overconfident going into the Notre Dame game after all this hype they're getting? Um, and you know, the same user was asking. You know, last year it seemed to me they were very overconfident going to the Oregon game. All this talk, they, you know, oh we've never lost to Oregon, and look at, you know, look at this team we have, and we're ranked this high, and Oregon's not that good, and all this, um, and then look what happened. Um, I don't think Ohio State's going to be overconfident at all for Notre Dame, and it's not even necessary because of Notre Dame itself. Although that that's part of it. Notre Dame is a good team, and I'm sure they have a lot of respect for Notre Dame, and there's no way Ryan Day is going to want a former Ohio State player. This really his first game i mean marcus freeman did coach the fiesta bowl it's funny like jim Knowles didn't coach that game for oklahoma state because i think mike gundy was salty that he took the ohio state job and he had his assistants call the defense and then uh, also brian kelly didn't coach that game so he'd already left for lsu so marcus freeman already starting his career with an l against oklahoma state cowboys with a big comeback in that game um ryan day's not doesn't want any part of he doesn't want any part of losing period he definitely doesn't want a former Ohio State player coming in here and beating him at his place to open the season but beyond that this Ohio State team is as motivated and as hungry as I can remember okay because of what happened last year they talk about it and you can see it in their eyes whether it's the players or the coaches Mickey Mirati talked about this for like 10 minutes out of the 30 minutes he talked to us that you know I almost said last week I think it was like three weeks ago now, I can't remember now. Um, it was in May, uh, somewhat early May. Yeah, probably three weeks ago, four maybe. Um, and he couldn't talk about this enough. And he's not alone. Every time we talk to anybody on the staff, including the, the big man himself, Ryan Day, they make it clear as day. They are highly motivated about what happened last year. They're embarrassed, you know? And, you know, you know, life is good when you go 11-2 and two and you win the Rose Bowl and you're embarrassed. But the standard is high as it should be and you lose to a mediocre Oregon team at home, and you really get embarrassed by Michigan 42-27. I mean, not, not good at all, and uh, and they know that. I think Ryan Day's taking the proper steps. So they're hungry about what happened last year. They got that chip on their shoulder. They're not coming off a great season, even though they're getting the hype. I think internally they're blocking that out a little bit because they're, they're talking about how they're still ticked off about what happened last year. So, no, I think you're going to get a highly motivated Ohio State team. If they start blowing the doors off teams – And, you know, then they start kind of feeling good. Maybe then at some point in the season they could get overconfident. But I think they're going to stay locked in regardless because they know how easily now it can happen. And Last year, some of these guys, especially that Michigan game, they might have thought they hated Michigan. They might have said the right things that, yeah, anything can happen in the game. I don't think they believe that. I don't even think they hated Michigan. Now they do. Now they do. Now they have that hatred that all of us that suffered through the 90s have, you know, still have to this day because of that. it it can't happen enough, you know, where even if you dominate Michigan for a decade, you want to keep it going. You you keep, keep, keep your foot on their neck because you know, you, you felt the, the suffering, you know, you have the hatred because of what happened in the nineties. And now I think Ohio state's players have that. It, It was just one game, but when you have, and what happened in the tunnel with the players going at each other, not, not, not really like I put fists up like they were fighting. They weren't fighting, but they were jawing at each other big time. And Michigan took it to them. I'm sure was letting them know about it on the field. So that's in Ohio State's mind. And now Michigan's got to come here, and that bill is coming due in November. Harbaugh thought he was out the door. I guarantee you he thought he was out the door. That's why he felt comfortable saying things like, born on third base, thought you hit a triple. Now that bill's coming due in Columbus late November, Jim Harbaugh. All right, there you go. Went a little longer than I meant to here on the this morning, 25 Um, But I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. All that stuff really helps. Really appreciate you guys tuning into the show. Uh, I know you guys have a lot of options. I I love that you guys are loyal listeners to the show and um, really, really appreciate it. Hope all of you have a great day.